Welcome to Iraq, a show where we identify issues, provide the rules, give an analysis, and sometimes come to a conclusion. This is an SULC podcast. Thank you for joining us again on Iraq. On this episode, you'll hear my opinion on data as a corporeal thing. In 1994, the Supreme Court of Louisiana heard the case South Central Bell Telephone Company versus Bartholomew. This case is the reason I began this crusade. I loathe the fact that our court decided data is a corporeal thing. I strongly disagree with the reasoning and the outcome, especially since this was decided in 1994, the nascence of the technological age. This case has governed data since then and has been cited positively and negatively in many cases in other states. Bell licensed switching system software. It was a telephone company. The terms of the license were very restrictive. It prohibited the transfer of software to any other switch, no sub-licensing, assignment, sale or transfer of the programs, and Bell couldn't use the programs after the license expired. But the important bit of this case is that the software was delivered on magnetic tapes. If you imagined a floppy disk, think again. These are reels of magnetic tape, so the tapes held the data, were loaded in, used, and then discarded. I think the reason this was the outcome is because of taxes for the city of New Orleans. Plain and simple, it was a money grab. That literally was why the case was brought. But the Court of Appeals found that data was incorporeal, and the Louisiana Supreme Court thought differently. During this time, taxes are only applied to the sale at retail, the use, the consumption, the distribution, and the storage for use or consumption of tangible personal property. Tangible personal property is personal property which may be seen, weighed, measured, felt, or touched, or is in any other manner perceptible to the senses. I implore you to sense data. Touch a series of electrons that have been converted into a binary of ones and zeros and tell me exactly how you perceive it. The Louisiana Supreme Court decided that tangible personal property that the city of New Orleans was talking about was the same as corporeal things in the Civil Code. But the Civil Code defines incorporeal things as things that have no body but are comprehended by the understanding. Numbers don't have a body. They're capable of only being understood. But back to the cold hard facts. In a civil law treatise, Planiol said the civilian concept of corporeal movables encompasses all things that make up the physical world. The court found this and ran with it, saying physical recordings of computer software are not incorporeal rights to be comprehended by the understanding. Rather, they are part of the physical world. Obviously, physical recordings of computer software are part of the physical world, but is the computer software itself. The court tries to help itself by saying the software at issue is not merely knowledge, but rather is knowledge recorded in a physical form, which has physical existence, takes up space on tape, disk, or hard drive, makes physical things happen, and can be perceived by the senses. By this logic, I could argue wind is a corporeal thing. It can be felt. It makes leaves blow. Does it have to take up space if it can be perceived? This definition just lends itself to a lot of ambiguity and a lot of interpretations by any person or any court that might look at this and decide, well, this can be weighed or this can be perceived. 
In order to get a better understanding of this, I asked a software consultant from a major software company to describe to me what this binary system is and how data could possibly have weight. This is what he had to say. Basically, a stronger electrical signal is interpreted as a 1 on the binary level, while a weaker electrical signal is interpreted as a 0. File systems start out as all zeros, excluding drive firmware, which defines the basic capabilities and behavior of the drive. If you want to argue whether an electromagnetic 1 has more weight, it might, but it would be on a subatomic level if it did. Based on what he had to say about the binary system, I definitely don't think in 1994 this could be weighed, and I don't think that measuring the space that it takes up on a drive or on a memory disk or even on magnetic tape would constitute the ability to weigh it or perceive it. The court argues that the software becomes so intertwined with or part and parcel of the corporeal object upon which it is recorded. Based on all the words the court is using, it has consistently avoided saying the software is physical. The tape is physical, the hard drive, the disk, the object, those are all physical things, but yet the court does not ever say that the software itself is physical, only saying that the devices or the formats that it is stored on are the physical things. And I strongly agree with the Court of Appeals. It made a distinction between computer software and films or books, which are intellectual property and have those protections, but definitely are corporeal movables. Artistic expressions are those to be made on that specific medium, a book, a canvas, or on film. If it is separated from that medium, it becomes something totally different. Quoting the Court of Appeals, they said, Computer software is separable from the tangible object upon which it is recorded, which is entirely true for all things. When you update your phone, you're taking data and memory from the cloud or from a hard wire into your computer, whereas if you were to take pages out of your book, you're missing information. You have changed what that book is. You have changed the meaning and the purpose. Unfortunately, the Supreme Court's ruling is still good law in Louisiana and was cited as recently as 2006 in the Eastern District of Louisiana. For the rest of this, I'm going to argue that data should not be corporeal. I'm going to use cases to support my opinion. It's important to know that there are other states that have defined data as corporeal or tangible, but Bell just gets me flustered on its own, so now I'm going to focus on cases that support my opinion. In 1989, the Supreme Court of Connecticut heard Northeast Datacom Incorporated versus Wallingford. I don't exactly know how I found myself agreeing with a data decision in 1989, but surprisingly I do. The Supreme Court of Connecticut decided physical devices are only the most tangential incidents of a computer program, and the fact that tangible property is used to store or transmit the software's binary instructions does not change the character of what is fundamentally a classic form of intellectual property. This court's opinion might have influenced the Louisiana Appeals opinion when it discussed intellectual property and artistic renderings. When one buys a video cassette, a book, sheet music, or musical recordings, that person acquires a limited right to use and enjoy the content. The purchaser does not get the right to produce and sell more copies, license the use, or transfer the copyright. The defendant linked these incorporeal incidents with the tangible medium which the software is stored and transmitted. The defendant is wrong, so says the Supreme Court. And then in 1996, the Texas Court of Appeals in the 5th District heard a case. Texas's definition of tangible property is personal property that can be seen, weighed, felt, measured, or otherwise perceived by the senses, 
but does not include a document or other perceptible object that constitutes evidence of a valuable interest, claim, or right and has negligible intrinsic value. This court held that data is composed of imperceivable binary pulses that made up a computer application and cannot be seen, weighed, measured, felt, or otherwise perceived by the senses. I don't know Texas, when they were creating this law, had data in mind, but I feel like the last half of their definition of what tangible property is definitely tries to exclude things like data. It says, but does not include a document or other perceptible object that constitutes evidence of a valuable interest, claim, or right, and has negligible or no intrinsic value. I would say that software is the document that they are talking about, or maybe it could either be a perceptible object, because we can see and we can imagine ones and zeros because we know them as numbers, but we cannot perceive them as a computer does. And software on its own does have no intrinsic value. It, it's not useful or valuable until it is met with a computer or a cell phone or a video game device. And then in the year 2000, the Court of Appeals of Florida in Gilreath versus General Electric ruled that custom computer software was intangible personal property because the essence of the property was the software itself, not the tangible medium on which the software was stored. I think that using the words essence of the property is the best way to describe what software is. Like I said when talking about the Texas law, the software itself has no use by itself. It needs the medium in order to be transferred to something to make it useful. Actually now with the cloud, we have basically removed the medium that's necessary. It's just through the internet or through radio signals or however it travels. I don't profess to be an expert. This court also said that after installation or mounting by any person, computer software does not increase the value of the computer or the computer-related peripheral equipment or any combination thereof. Tangible personal property consists of goods, chattels, and other articles of value capable of manual possession and whose chief value is intrinsic in the article itself. The law of Florida and the law of Texas are very complementary. Texas says if it does not have intrinsic value, then it's not tangible property. Florida says that if it does have intrinsic value, then it is tangible personal property. Now would be a perfect time to reiterate the point that I said when talking about the Texas law. Software itself does not have an intrinsic value on its own. Florida law gives a list of intangible things, which would be incorporeals in Louisiana, and then it goes on to say, and all other forms of property where value is based upon that which the property represents, rather than its own intrinsic value. In Florida, data as an intangible would represent the future value of what the software would be useful for, such as Word on your computer so you can type notes in class, or Google Chrome, Internet Explorer, Firefox. Those things on their own are software that without a computer or a smartphone would be useless. And so the intrinsic value isn't in itself, it represents an intrinsic value. In this case, reiterated the points of Datacom, saying the physical mediums are only tangential incidents of the computer program, and it also held that data was composed of imperceivable binary impulses. My problem with South Bell really started in the spring of 2017. It was more something that annoyed me, but I had to live with, because what importance did it really have other than it not making any sense? But in the summer of 2017, specifically June, I was listening to All Tech Considered, and on this episode it talked about a Massachusetts bill which wasn't really targeting data per se, it was about taxes and people trying to get money, 
the state wanted to impose a sales tax on internet companies or companies that shipped to the state. The Supreme Court decided that in order for a company to be taxed, and they have to have a physical presence in that state. The minimum contacts and whatnot, and an internet company does not have that. So Massachusetts wanted to create a law that would make internet cookies a physical existence owned by the company within the state. In order to fight that, the American Catalog Mailers Association and NetChoice filed suit against the Massachusetts Department of Revenue. When they did this, they asked for a preliminary injunction and declaratory judgment. I emailed Steve Del Bianco earlier in the summer asking if I could be in contact with him and find out what was going on with this case. He actually sent me their motion for preliminary injunction and their motion for declaratory judgment. He also copied me in an email with Carzabo, their senior policy counsel. Mr. Del Bianco informed me yesterday that they actually received their declaratory judgment that vacated the original directive but are refining arguments to block the new regulation issued by the Department of Revenue in September. Data as a corporeal thing or tangible personal property for common law becomes dangerous when states try to pass bills like Massachusetts. Internet cookies are created whenever we visit a website, allowing our computers to remember that we have visited that site. The problem with cookies becoming corporeal, because data is corporeal, is that I believe the cookies wouldn't be property of the internet companies or the, the retailer, because cookies are created on a person's computer, and, and I don't think the company is creating the cookies. I think that the computer creates the cookie and is stored on that computer, which would be the property of the individual. But that's an entirely different issue. The problem is that if this bill were to pass and data were to be considered a physical thing within the state, any internet company or internet retailer in any state where any single person has visited that site. That would mean if I visited a Chinese store, they would have a physical presence in the state of Louisiana. I don't think that's what the United States Supreme Court meant when they established such minimum contacts as to not offend, as to not offend the fair play and substantial notions of justice. Data as a corporeal thing opens a can of worms that I really don't think we're ready for when laws like Massachusetts start to get passed. So that's how I feel about data as a corporeal thing. If you have any questions, you can send us a message on Facebook or comment on our wall. Or if you want to ask an anonymous question, you can email us at irakpodcast at gmail.com. This is Jonathan Sanji, one of your co-hosts for the Iraq podcast, current 2L at Southern University Law Center. Today we have with us Mr. Johnny Gennart. He's here to just give us a little rundown about what Phi Alpha Delta International Law Fraternity is about and what events they have that we can look forward to. Johnny, why don't you go ahead and give us a couple little details about that. I want to thank Jonathan for having me on. My name is John Gennart. I'm a current 3L at SULC. I'm also the Justice of the Phi Alpha Delta Law Fraternity International Tarot Chapter. As far as events go, this semester we have our annual Halloween party. We have our new e-board selection that is going on as we speak. This Thursday, October 26th, is our Phi Alpha Delta annual Halloween party. This will be held at Uncle Earl's from 8 to 10. We welcome all 1Ls, 2Ls, and 3Ls to get together to to unwind one last time before the buckling down starts the finals. And here, we hope that all 1Ls and 2Ls get together, discuss exam prep in different ways to, to attack each exam, and hopefully help each person find a new way to do something. And going on into our 
new e-board selection. We have three members currently that are two L's, and Jonathan Sanji, and Bailey Ola, and Joey and Joey Fontenot. They will be elevating themselves from their current positions. Teaching them will assume one of the three major roles in the in the, in the e-board, with that being Justice, Vice Justice, and Treasurer. And also, any current 1Ls or 2Ls that are interested in joining the e-board, please don't hesitate to contact me, Brittany Duke, Jonathan Sanji, Bailey Ola, or Joey Fontenot. Our goal is to help each member we have successfully complete law school and help them networking for in the future. Five Delta affords members here to meet people from different walks of life and different law schools that they wouldn't have the opportunity to if they were not in Five Delta Law Fraternity. It's a bond. So even when you leave and you graduate Southern University and you go take a job, whether it's in Louisiana or across the nation, you'll be able to find somebody and connect with somebody that that has been part of Five Delta. This episode of Iraq featured music by Eric Czar. You can find a link to his YouTube page in the description below.